Hello, I'm Joshua Graceberg. And I'm Jacob Friedman. And this is Gen Zero's Talk Politics. This is where two members of the next generation of American adults talk about what's going on in the world. Since the whole world is on fire, we might as well take a crack at delivering some insightful, definitely non-Twitter commentary and a side helping of comedy. Today, we'd like to welcome Lishi Baker, a moderate president of Business Club at our high school and a, and a, and a fellow co-captain of the Mock Trout team. Lishi, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Yes, yeah, so our first question for you is, where would you align yourself politically? It's a good question. I think, I think it's a complicated question because, obviously, I mean, I, I would say I'm probably regardless of whether you want to say left or right, I would say I'm towards the middle. Um, I think in recent, you know, uh, months and during, during the recent events going on, I've probably, you know, become a little bit more left than I was. But then again, I probably started off a little bit right of center, uh, you know, com- you know, moderate, moderate right. But I'd say at this point, I am definitely still figuring out, you know, where I stand on the spectrum, but I would say that a lot of my views are probably more moderate. I tend to stray away from the radical. It's, it's a dangerous game. So you said you shifted from slightly to the right to more towards the left. What do you think contributed to that shift? Well, honestly, I, I, I have pretty strong feelings that, you know, movements against racial injustice are really should not be political. They, they, they're, they're issues of human rights and civil rights. And I, I understand that we live in a, you know, a partisan world, a divided country and everything's political, but I wish that wasn't the case. And I think that because it's kind of, because it's kind of become a left-leaning position to be, you know, in, in full support of, of uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, um, co- the cause that they're, that they're uh, going for, obviously. Um, I think that there's just, there's just no excuse for me to, you know, to not be in support of those, of those types of human rights uh, organizations and causes. So I'd say just kind of becoming more socially aware and trying to just align myself with what feels right rather than, uh, well, what feels correct to me, not right side of center, you know, what feels right and not, and not try to confine myself to the right or the left, you know? I see. Speaking of partisanship, and with regards to the media, what do you think of the media and the partisanship shown by, for example, Fox News and MSNBC? And as a moderate, what do you think the role? The, what do you think the role of the media should be in our lives? That's a great question. I would add CNN in there. By the way, I I, I tend to like to talk about Fox News and CNN as my two examples when I talk about the media. Um, I think that. Quite frankly, it is a real problem. I think it's, I mean, Fox, Fox News and CNN both ways. I mean, I, I, I like to watch both because I think it's very important to get a, 
you know, holistic view of the news from both sides, especially because there's not much, there's not very much, um, there's not very much uh, news that's not partisan these days and not super biased. Um, so I like to watch Fox and CNN just to get, you know, a full, a big picture. Um, so I think that, I think it's a problem. I think that, I think that these, these, these talk show, these hosts like Tucker Carlson, for example, this is not news. We're not watching the news on Tucker Carlson. We're watching a, I mean, I would say he's, he's a clown. He's a clown ripping everyone to shreds as, as only he could do. And I think that he, guys like Tucker Carlson who are very biased and, spin the news and manipulate the public so shamelessly are are as dangerous in my as dangerous or more dangerous than a manipulative politician because people people watch these news things and people believe what they see and when you have a guy who's you know talking confidently and every night nonetheless every single night kind of manipulating you it's it's a real uh it's a real problem in in our in our country and i wish that i wish that there were laws and actually on that i i was i was talking with my great uncle who actually was the president of the cbs broadcast group for 25 years in the you know 70s and 80s oh wow yeah and he told me that so for a long time there were there were laws laws that you know let's say let's just use cnn in this example let's say cnn goes gets an interview with you know joe biden joe biden says something about about a certain issue whatever the law was that CNN then would have two weeks to then go to President Trump, Joe Biden's like opponent, basically, to give him give the opponent a chance to respond. They ha- there had to be a chance to respond. Um, and in today's day and age, with kind of cable, there are no um, there are no laws that say that. I mean, CNN can interview every Democrat in the world and not even. You know, tell the Republican Party they have they just there aren't any laws blocking that. And I think that that freedom contributes a lot to the biased media that then goes on to really shape how people in this country view the world in a in a manipulative way. So, why do you think our country is so divided today? I mean, I've struggled with that question, actually. I really have. I've struggled with it because I've had weak moments where I've, you know, maybe not quite understood why in my mind, like, why aren't they listening to me? Why can't I get this point across? Why, why does it feel like, why does it feel like there's just no way we can agree? And I actually, I just recently read this book called The Righteous Mind by Jonathan Haidt, and he presents this theory called the Moral Foundations Theory. It's, he basically presents six um, 
you know, core universal moral foundations. Um, I think, I think there's the care harm foundation, the liberty versus oppression, the, there's like justice, there's, there's all different, there's, there's six of them. I can, I can come back to what exactly they are in a second, but basically he says that it's, it's not that there are good people and bad people. There's not, it's not that people are necessarily ignorant and, or, or, or just, you know, unaware. It's, it's really that people have different values and these core moral foundations kind of hold different weight for different people. Um, so for example, um, someone on the, someone on the left might kind of hold the care harm value, like to much more importance, um, than, than a conservative. He actually talks directly about politics. Um, and then someone on someone more conservative would probably be holding the authority versus subversion foundation much, much more seriously than, than someone on the left. It's, it's just a, it's just a matter of what values holds what importance for you. And I really, I believe I, I, I am, I'm believing in that. I, I believe in the fact that everyone has these moral foundations and, and the fact that we just, we were, we're, everyone's raised in a different environment. Everyone's, you know, getting a different education, going to just, just completely, people are living different lives and, these these foundations can just be shaped differently for different people, and that's the way it is. And it doesn't help, obviously, that there's biased and biased media, and kind of radical pushes from both sides that are, you know, that are that are like lighting up these these uh, these these values. Like, I mean, it, it doesn't help. But the fact is we have different values. People have different values and like, there's not much we can really do about it. And the, the, the country is going to be divided. That's how it is. It's just a matter of how can we try. And this goes back to why I say, I try to stay towards the center of the political spectrum. Like how do we try to get things done that make as many people happy as possible? And, you know, but but Alicia, don't you think your outlook, I mean, I, I, I'm just offering my point of view. Don't you think that your outlook on human beings not being innately ignorant, but rather having different values, that they, don't you think that's slightly idealistic? Don't you think that slightly assumes that people are rational? Um, I think actually the contrary. I think that the point is that these values, I think morality might be irrational sometimes. I mean, I mean, like people are going to feel things that might not seem like the right decision. Like when you think about like black and white, like something that's black and white, not, not race, but like, you know what I mean? Like something that's just like a, a yes or no, it may not seem right. But the fact is these values hold a lot of weight and these values kind of push. It, it's, it's not, it's not a matter of saying that people aren't, that 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 it's uh because because we can it's not a matter of saying that if we can understand that everyone has these different values we can then have ultimate compassion and empathy and just say agree to disagree all the time that would be idealistic and i i 
I love that question. I think that empathy would empathy, empathy is the way is the way to win in a divided world. And the first step to trying to achieve that is understanding where people's, um, you know, opinions, points of view, worldviews, where do they come from, where they stem from, understand that they're, they're, like, they're going to be different than yours. They're going to be different than mine. We're going to be different from each other, probably on certain things. It's just, that's the way it is. And it's frustrating, but it, it, it's a step in the right direction to understand why we're divided on a, on an ideological level. So do you think that the best way of dismantling extremism is understanding where it comes from? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I think that dismantling extremism is kind of a, kind of, kind of a hard thing to discuss. I think that, yes, we have to understand where they come from. I think that, I think that understanding where people come from and maybe not the, maybe not extremism, but like strong opinions, I would say the step below extremism, you know, like some, some, some would say that the left and the right have just grown more and more far apart, you know, farther and farther apart in the past you know, couple decades and maybe even longer than that. Of course they have grown farther apart, but extremism is a strong word. And I, I'm really just talking about understanding where, 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 like I, I'm talking about like maybe a Bernie supporter understanding where a Trump supporter comes from and not being and not being kind of self-righteous and thinking I'm just better than you. You know what I mean? Like Hillary Clinton said lovable deplorables about Trump. I mean, he called them like deplorable. Like that's just, that's just, that's just, that's insulting. I mean, I, I understand, I, I can, I understand that she was frustrated, but that's just a, that's a lack of empathy. And I can see why someone a Trump supporter who <laughs> hears a self-righteous liberal call, call them deplorables would be very angry about it. And I think that that's just not attacking people's characters like that is not really the way to make progress and to make compromises. So moving on, you've often, we've actually often spoken about your you know, how you're frustrated about expressing different political views and in public institutions, especially schools. So in your opinion, how do you think such public institutions should encourage the sharing of different political views as well as really draw the line between what becomes offensive? Well, I mean, there's the First Amendment question for public schools. I think that we should talk. I mean, I, would, I, I can really talk about private school because I have been in Jewish private school for 12 years now, I'm starting my 13th year. Um, and what I would say is it's not really a matter to me. It's not really a matter of me having trouble expressing my own political views. It's more the, it's more just the dilemma that schools actually have. Um, like our school, for example, Jewish private school has, I mean, what, what crosses the line? Can the school bring in, certain speakers will, cause that will upset half the community and it will 
ignite half the community. It's all, all I can really speak of is that it is a serious, serious dilemma because on the one hand, the school wants to, you know, show that, show that the school's open and encouraging of multiple perspectives, their opinions. The school wants to expose the students to multiple opinions that we want you to have a, a big picture understanding of both sides so that you can make an educated decision. But on the other hand, what happens if that speaker then crosses the line and the school is now responsible? It's just, it's a struggle. So that's, that's really what I can talk about when it comes to schools. I just, I, I, I can just, you know, kind of explain the struggle. I would say the line of, you know, the line is, is very, very blurry. It's, it's, that's the real problem. That's the problem. This, there is no defined line that the school can or cannot cross. It's, it's a judgment call. And it's in, in some cases, like the one I'm talking about, unforeseeable. Got it. So for final questions, so over the past five years, celebrities and athletes such as Kanye West, Colin Kaepernick, and Drew Brees have faced controversy over their public statements about their political beliefs. So where do, where do you think the line is between everyone is allowed to have an opinion versus cancel culture and the media circus? Okay, so I, I love that question. Um, I think that there's, there's no excuse to tell a professional athlete or a celebrity that they should bottle up their political beliefs. They, these, these guys have, and, and women, have like a platform like no other. I mean, celebrity culture is at its peak, and it's only growing. I mean, people worship celebrities. LeBron James, Drew Brees, Kanye even though Kanye's had a rough couple of couple months. Um, he, has. he, yeah, he, he's been irrelevant, whatever. He, um, he, he announced a political campaign, took it back, announced it again. We're unclear about what his actual intentions are right now, but we are calling Kaepernick, obviously Colin Kaepernick took it. I mean, taking a knee for the national anthem, like, yes, I, I see I, like I see the thing, like the, the argument made against it is it's disrespecting the flag in the military, but that's just not the point. You know what I mean? That's not the point. Nobody's trying to do that. The point is that, like, black lives are are the are are like at risk right now. The metaphor I like to use is if there was a fire in your house, would you want the fire department to stop at every single house? to check on them. No, you wouldn't. So you want them to stop at your house because your house is on fire. And at, right now, black lives are the ones at risk. And so the point is that like Colin Kaepernick did a peaceful, took a peaceful stand, <laughs> peaceful knee against racial injustice. And he got blackballed for it. He doesn't have a job. And he, believe me, would start on multiple NFL football teams. LeBron James was told to shut up and dribble. He was just simply, he literally was told to shut up and dribble. And that, by the way, I just want to say, that highlights, and the Drew is when he spoke up against, he actually said something against kneeling, the, the, the thing I was just explaining. He was, 
he was basically defended. But I, I just want to say Laura Ingram, who's a Fox News host. Right. This the whole the whole situation, the whole situation of athletes speaking up has just highlighted the honestly disgusting hypocrisy of some you know some media media people like Laura Ingram from Fox News literally told LeBron James to shut up and dribble when he spoke up on his political beliefs and then basically you know hailed Drew Brees as a hero for speaking up for his beliefs when he spoke up against kneeling that is that is hypocritical that is that's just that's just doesn't make any sense to me that she 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 only I mean she clearly is just proving her bias. I think that every athlete has the right to speak up for for and 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 celebrity has the right to speak up for what they believe. I think that they should be encouraged to use their platform because they have a platform like no other. And I'm really in in full support and I admire athletes like LeBron and like Jalen Brown and Colin Kaepernick, of course, who, and Devin, Devin and Jason McCourty of the Patriots, for example, um, who have been really, really instrumental in bringing awareness and being leaders um, in the face of injustice and just showing that they're not, they're not, they're, they're more than an athlete. They're not just, they're not just going to shut up and dribble. And I, and I fully support that. And I think that it's hypocritical of the media to shut down only one side. Uh, Lushi, thank you so much. Thank you. you know, at Gen Zero's Talk Politics, you know, part of our mission is to represent a wide variety of the, you know, a wide variety of the political spectrum that so many Gen Zers fall into. And uh, thank you so much for contributing to that. Of course. And that concludes this episode of Gen Zero Sock Politics. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And send us any and all questions regarding the news or politics, because your questions make the show. Thanks for joining us, and we hope to see you next time.